everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! It's also used in the Doors movie. Remember that one? Yes, it is. When he's yeah. uh, running around the apartment with the uh, photographer, right? That he's having the affair with, right? Yeah, yeah and he's hooking up with her. She's a reporter. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, that was a terrible movie. It I have was. To say. I really did not like the Doors movie. But we are the Uncle Puckers. Uh, Tony is MIA this evening, so it's just the three of us. I'm Chris, Bob, and Dan. Uh, Dan, how was your trip, man? All right, you know, with family and I, we went down to Florida, uh, do the Orlando thing, you know, Disney World and all that stuff. Uh, came back with a few uh, mementos, including pros- possibly COVID, I'm thinking. Like, two or three of us have yeah, it. Florida COVID. Oh, no. Yeah, we <laughs> got some Florida kinda, COVID. Kind of crazy. I was watching uh, the news the other day, and they were talking about, like, uh, Florida, and there's apparently, like, a bad malaria outbreak happening out there. Maybe there's that's a, what it is. A it's really bad... It might be malaria. And there was another, malaria. like, old ancient disease that we basically killed off, but it's coming back, like, full force right. in Florida. Is it the bubonic plague, maybe? It might be. And they were saying, like, uh, DeSantis is, took, like, all of his major public health officials on right, the right. campaign trail with him. So, like, there's nobody even in Florida that kind of knows what the hell's going on. Um, mm, yeah. And not to mention, I'm sure that Rod DeSantis probably thinks malaria is fake and, you know. He's probably got an things. alligator in charge of that department right. anyway. It's probably not even a human being. But. It was overall a good time until the last few days where people started getting sicker and sicker. And what a hell oh. ride, you know, driving back up. Oh. You know, we, we drove and uh, so God, who I do you, we flew. But how many wow. how many people have COVID out of the six of you? Do you I think? think I think uh, one of the kids has has it too, but pretty mild. And uh, it's more like me and the wife who are just feeling really under the weather. You know, I've had it a couple times. I think a lot of people we know have. I think you have, right? Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's like it's uh, for most times for most people, it's just a really rotten, cold, flu-like thing. That's what, yeah, that's I, what I'm I don't I don't know what it actually feels like. I have had COVID twice and oh, both yeah. times I am completely asymptomatic. That's uh, pretty amazing. Never had a, a single yep. symptom from it, but I, I was positive twice. How about you, Bob? How bad was you? I, I had uh, coming back from one of my work trips, I had. A fever that, that that really slight fever, whatever you're supposed to look for, like that 99 or whatever it was yeah, for like the one night, and I was just kind of like you know fell asleep on the couch watching TV early, like in the evening. Got through that night, that that was it. I was I was symptom free for the rest of the week as I hibernated in my basement. Yeah, so, uh, maybe there was a little bit of a cough that came at the end, but um, I was otherwise like itching like to go to the gym or do whatever. I was fine. Yeah, different people got it different ways. A couple of guys on my hockey team got it so bad, like, they were out for a while. And then other guys, you know, they're like, yeah, I can't believe I'm testing positive because I feel fine. Yeah. But, yeah, it is a crazy disease, isn't it? Yeah, it's gifts that keeps on giving. I, 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 
I don't know about you guys, but I think like this past spring and summer, I gave it like almost zero thought. You know? Yeah, absolutely I, zero thought this year. Yeah, it seems like we're kind of out of the woods, but it's still around. It's you know, it's like uh, fun. You know? And you were in Florida, so I mean, yeah, you're bound to come have, back with. They something. don't have COVID in Florida. No, I forgot. Yeah, so you, you didn't get it there. It stops right at the Georgia, Georgia rest border. Stop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Still, you know, don't drink the water. And Florida water is kind of funny tasting. I don't know if you ever had the, the water in Florida. I haven't been to Florida in a long time, and it's, I have no desire to go lived back. lived in Florida. I don't like Florida. No matter where you go, yeah, the water tastes fine. I wish Tony was here. I want to ask him about why the water in Florida tastes so bad. But, yeah, I'm, you know. I don't know. You ever... Get drunk at a Devils game and stay in a hotel and try to drink the Newark tap water? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I'll we grew up in the shadow of Steven Geiger. There's a lot of water. Talk, but. There's, there's a lot of tap water in Jersey that I, I won't drink either. That's, you know, yeah. even over by my work, you know, on the island, that water is nasty. Yeah. I mean, I don't think yeah. it's known as the clean water state, you know? Yeah, no. But you would think Florida should be, right? Florida is like, you know, yeah. subtropical. They have, yeah. you know, it should have clean, fresh water, but... It's true, though. They, they did have a lot of malaria, you know, back in the day. That's and apparently now, too. But you know what's funny? If you go to, like, Orlando they and you go to, like, Disney World, you don't see any mosquitoes. There's way more mosquitoes up here than there are down there. Now, I don't know what they spray, but maybe it's just COVID itself that kills a mosquito. I don't yeah. know what it is. Cancer. Yeah, I don't know. Right. You didn't see any mosquitoes, so I, maybe it's not malaria after all. I don't know. I'm staying out of Florida. Yeah, that's all. So, guys, we are two weeks, two and a half weeks away from the summer ending. We're officially going to be, you know, September, and then we got about, what, another month or so before preseason rolls around. I can't wait. This is so slow for this time of year for hockey, right? It's painful. It is painful, and that's exactly it. It's fucking painful. Like, none of it, like, it's so, I want to come out here and talk about the devils, and it's just like, what are, we're talking about the same things. And then also with your casual friends, right? Like, because we're all, like, devils nuts and hockey nuts, and we talk about the devils constantly, we're looking for news. But, you know, like, just like family and other friends, like, it's there's nothing to talk about with them. They're like, no. you know, they, they they don't even know about the minor moves that happened in the off season. And there's just no hockey going on, so it's kind of such a dead time of year. I mean, we have we have preseason football, so that's at least something. Yes, um, you know. So, but again, I'm being you know a, a Viking fan, and my second favorite team my whole life was always the Jets, just because for a long time before there was DirecTV and the Sunday Ticket and shit, I couldn't watch yeah, Viking games, so I watched Jet yeah. games. But now my conundrum is, I spent the last eighteen years completely hating Aaron Rodgers because he's on the Packers, and now sure. he's on the Jets, and I can't watch him. I just I, I it, it, the the national media is you can't so not up. watch him. He's on the HBO. He's yeah. everywhere. Well, I started watching. Did you watch any of the um, Hard Knocks? I did on HBO? not. I, I did see some promos for it. That's about as far as I got. It, it's it's uh, an hour long propaganda film of Aaron Rodgers. Like that's <laughs> it. It is like the NFL's just rolled up this big bullshit of Aaron Rodgers, shove it down our throat. And I, I started watching it like maybe a half hour in. I'm like, I can't do this. Like I just, I mean, I know he's coming across as this great guy now. And you know, oh, you don't know Aaron. Aaron's not that. This isn't the Aaron from the Packers. This is the Aaron that loves everybody and loves See, football. I do and, like the yeah, ayahuasca whatever. Aaron though. Like what's all no, that I, crazy background? I, I, I mean, what is he seeing now? He's seeing dark, shadowy figures, sometimes with dead rabbits and, and 
Hatchets. What is this story with him? <laughs> I don't know this story. Oh, you don't know the story. No, I don't know if it's no. peyote or ayahuasca, it's but ayahuasca. Went, yeah, so he, he went out on some trip, and ever since then, he still has these visions. He was he's been saying. I'll see if now, I can find the article and forward it to you. I'll it was say pretty this. wild. Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, I don't like. The right. Aaron Rodgers that goes out there and takes, you know, tons of, of hallucinogenetics and then goes on national TV and talks about it and his trips and all that. I like that. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, you know, do it. Whatever you got to do. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, last two years ago on his host, host, what is it? How do you say it? Uh, ayahuasca, I think it is. Ayahuasca trip. Yeah. This year he went into, like, uh, the dark retreat he went into like this like 24 48 hour retreat where he's in like this 8 by 8 room and it's pitch black it's like a giant sensory deprivation tank but it's a room right. and you're supposed to you know clear your mind and the only time you ever see anybody is when they basically slip a meal underneath your door okay. this is something people pay for wow I'll lock you in my like fucking being... bathroom. You want to give me a few thousand dollars? I'll yeah. keep you in there for a couple of days and throw a saucer of milk under there once in a while. Yeah, it sounds like solitary confinement. Like it, basically, that's what it is. And you're paying and... good money for that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, it is interesting. It kind of and uh, he has never said he's done any of this on the field, right? Oh no, no, no! It's just off season. Because that would be much more impressive, right? Like, who's the famous <laughs> pitcher? It's like Doc Ellis, right? He pitched a perfect game on acid, right? Is that, that was... true? That's the story, yeah. I don't know. It's that, let's see what year it was. It was, uh, let's see, 1970. Uh, the Pirates pitcher, Doc Ellis, um, should never be, he did something that should never be done. Not only did he, he play on LSD, he pitched a perfect game. And That's he was awesome. saying that That's the ball great. would look huge, like a beach ball, and then it would look like a little pea. And then, like, <laughs> his, but whatever happened, it worked out for him. So, kids, I'm not saying this is a good idea. This is the only instance we know that ever worked out. But uh, it is remarkable. But here's the thing. We don't know how many people – I don't think anybody else has ever even tried it. Like, this could be the next, you know, uh, yeah, PED, true. you know? Right. Just drop some acid, go out on the mound, and pitch a perfect game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it hurts as a fan, I can tell you that. So maybe it'll help the athletes. Maybe we should see if Vitek can drop some acid. Uh, I mean, he'll probably be a fucking wreck 40 games in, you know, 40, you know, all his starts. I'm sure by the playoffs come, his mind will be mush. But let's try it. Puck looks I like think, a beach ball. That would be good. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that time it looked like a pee. It went by me. Or you know, you spend two minutes not moving at all, and you're like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the time where, dilation can work, work against you, yeah, or it can work for you. That's great. I know we keep talking about it, but I just I, I, I keep going back to it. This is the other problem with nothing much going on. Like you kind of keep on just kind of yeah. dwelling on you're one like or picking two. Picking on that things. scab, right? Yes. Like just keep picking at it, picking at it. And I've been, in my own mind, picking at the goalie scab over right. and over again. And I just, I, I'm like, just go out and get Connor Hallbuck. I really want him. And I know it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, what do you guys think about just this year? Like, just renting him. Let's go get him. Let's make a push and get I'm, him for one year. I'm not And see what it. happens. I'm not against it, but I don't think it's as bad as you do. Now, I could... I could look back at this, that statement and go, dude, I don't know why I was think, not seeing things the way you were. And we're looking at a goalie situation that hurts us come next spring. But I actually think that 
uh, you know, goaltending could have been a little better, but it was not the main flaw in their uh, second round collapse. So I am very uh, happy that about the prospect of Schmidt, and and I think that Vanacek, uh, you know, if we end up riding with him, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. That said, man, if we can get it, the price is right as a rental. It's not going to hurt the the future uh, of this team, which looks like it could build, you know, maybe a, a dynasty even ahead of it. Uh, you don't want to, you know, sabotage that. But if you could not jeopardize any of that future and get him even for just a year uh, without giving up maybe Schmidt and, and and any other player that looks like it's part of the future of this team, I would uh, I would go, I would go for it. But How about you, Bob? Yeah, I think I've said before. If you're talking about like the depth of our prospect pool, if you could actually rent this guy for a year, I think we can dig into that and not really hurt the future. So one or two named guys are going to go there. I wouldn't want it to be Schmidt. That just takes away from the very foundation of what we're trying to do. But if it was one or two of our you know, A-list prospects that just can't seem to break through, and then maybe another guy drafted high where you really don't know where it's going to go for a chance, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I mean, our top six is locked up for six to eight years. We got tons of prospects coming in. We got defensive prospects we're not even talking about because they're blocked by other defensive prospects. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got the room. So I, normally I would say, no, don't go out there and get rid of that kind of asset. But we have it. So if you can really work it out, I'd do it. Well, I mean, I know, like, VTech, I, I like Vanacek. I think he played great last year. And it keeps coming down to we don't know what's going on with the goalie situation. I mean, they keep saying, you know, possible sending Schmidt down in Utica, letting him start the season there. And then who's going to play with VTech? Now, what do you guys think about the kid Eric Colgren that we picked up? I think we got him in one of the trades this year. It might have even come over from the uh, Toffoli trade. Was he part of that, I think? I'm not sure. But he uh, is six foot three, 200-pound goalie. Um, let's see, playing career. He appeared in 21 games last year. Um, now the 2021 season, he appeared in 21 games for the Vasco Lakers. I don't know. I guess that's a European team. He had a 2.37 goals against, a .911 save percentage. Ten postseason games with them, he went seven three and zero with a nine three seven save percentage. Let's see. He went to the Maple, uh, Toronto Marlies. Uh, then he was called up by the Maple Leafs after uh, Jack Campbell was announced with an injury, and he served as a backup. Wow, that's weird. Uh, Cogren served as a backup that same night in a game against the Arizona Cardinals after Peter Mrazek allowed four goals on twelve shots. So he's got a little bit of you know he's been around. He's got a little bit of. Uh, I guess experience. Like he played twenty one, twenty two, fourteen games with the Maple Leafs. He went eight four and one, and then last year he played ten games with the Maple Leafs, going three two and four. Uh, with how did they do point... playing against the Cardinals? Playing against the Cardinals. <laughs> no, you said Arizona Cardinals. I think you meant oh, did I? Coyote, I meant Coyotes. The Coyotes. Because I would love I to see that Cardinals. matchup. I think that they would definitely handle. We the also. Screwed up on the last show we did. We were talking when I was doing the goalie thing, and I right, said right. John Madden instead of John McClain for a coach. And um, right, right. I meant McClain, and I said Madden, and, and nobody stopped me. 
So, no, I even it, said after, I'm like, yeah, I forgot about John Madden. That's right. You did, too. So we both fucking fell into that. But it, I, I mean, we were both thinking McLean, and yeah, we said Madden. The most awful year ever. But do you think that this kid maybe is a, a guy that they might decide to maybe give a shot instead of Schmid? I mean, It sounds like know. he needs some AHL time, you know? Like, yeah. maybe he's going to be playing with the Comets, and, you know, it, that would be a pretty quick rise, especially the way they've been, the way they've been uh, keeping their – Goalies, you know, in that in sounds that like a security depth move to me. I don't yeah. understand how the front office can't really think that we've got our one-two tandem figured out for the year. I don't know where this business of playing Schmidt down the minors came from. After what we talked about in the show, like the barometer's been set. I don't know what else you want him to prove. Yeah, do we know that anybody from the organization has said that, or no, are these just rumors so. from the media? I think it's mostly rumors from the media. Um, yeah. I know that like, uh, the. NJ, whatever it is, um, I can't even remember the name of the site. I think it might just be NJ.com, the, the right. double one. But sure. they uh, they were the ones that I think that were started it, that there was, uh, I guess, that somebody in the Devils organization had said that they wanted him, uh, Schmidt, to start in Utica. Right. So uh, there's, no. there's some truth to it, I guess, but maybe we don't know how low level this person was. Like, we don't really know. Right. I mean, and another year in Utica is not a terrible thing as long as you have somebody to take the place and be able, you know, like we talked about it. This team popped and the goaltending kind of is still a step behind. Like, right. you know, now you got to catch up. And, and that question mark is why you're thinking about it. Like, right. okay, if Vanacek and who then? What are we doing? You got uh, I mean... I know that, like, I the idea of, of Hollabuck, even for one year, like, the way this team is built right now, without injuries, if this team stays healthy, they should be really, really good. I mean, just really good. Yep. On paper, this team is loaded, and you look at Hollabuck, he's made 32, almost $32.5 million already in his career. The guy has got generational wealth. It, I know he wants nine, $9.5 but... Isn't winning a few cups maybe a little bit more important? You've made a ton yeah. of money. So maybe you get this guy for the remainder of this year's contract. Maybe you go on a nice run. Maybe play for the cup, possibly win the cup. Then you can pull him aside and say, look, man, you want to stay here. You want to really cement your legacy and maybe win a couple more of these things. Maybe you can come on for seven, seven and a half, which is a doable uh, deal. And maybe he says, hey, you know what? I like Jersey. I I got a, a chance to play for a Stanley Cup every single year, and maybe you can convince them, kind of like what Fitzgerald did with Timo. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I wouldn't be against it. I know, like if Tony were here, he'd be going, "No, oh, I don't do it. I don't want to get him yeah. for one year rental." No, I blah, get blah, blah. it. I understand it, where Tony's coming from, but I see your point here, and then, and it could be like a match made in heaven. Definitely, it could definitely work out. Um, I have not heard. Maybe you have. About once in a while, when there's a big, you know, prospect out, you hear like what his preferences are. I haven't heard, you know, what his preferences are from any source. I don't know about you guys. I think it, from everything I've heard, he's just been keeping quiet. And right. if they're going to move him, they're going to move him. And if not, he's willing to play this year for Winnipeg and then go test the free agency market next year. So he's being apparently a good soldier. He has said, you know, I'm not planning on signing an extension, but he hasn't said that he's not planning on playing for them this year. Right. But, you know, Winnipeg also has to look at, you know, say, well, if the guy walks and we could end up getting something for him, he does have some value. I know goaltenders aren't like, you know, a top six forward that you're going to get that kind of value. Even a guy like Connor Hollebuck, 
he's not going to get it. Winnipeg's not going to get a huge haul for him, or at least they shouldn't. But, you know, maybe you give him Vanacek and a prospect or two that they might need, and we can get Connor Hollebuck. Yeah. I don't know who the Devils would be competing uh, with for Hollebuck, let's say, at the trade deadline. Let's say that it went that long, and, you know, he's going to play with Winnipeg this year, but they're going to unload him to try to give some value, like you said. Uh, I mean, who else is going to be out there goalie shopping right now? It just depends how well they do. Um, because, you know, some of the biggest spenders are probably going to be good in that area. Like the, like the Rangers are always looking mm-hmm. to get the top prospect just because. But they got Shesterkin, so they're not going right. to be looking. They're not going to be looking. Uh, so, you know, who else is really looking to, you know, maybe Toronto. To, well, I, I, think, Toronto, yeah, I think there's a, in the East, know. I can think of at least, you know, depending, I think there's a couple of teams that are in the same position that we are as far Maybe as contenders. I think Carolina, Carolina yeah, and yeah. Toronto, New Jersey, I think that all three of those teams are kind of in the same position. We're like, yeah, they're, they're serviceable, but are they good enough? You know, right. every team looking over and seeing Shesterkin and Vasilevsky and everybody wants one of those guys. Right. Sure. Hallbook is one of those guys. Right. You yes. know, that's. That's why, like, you know, I don't want to go into the playoffs and just shit the bed because our goaltending wasn't up to par or, you know, the team's right. not playing their best in front of Schmidt or in front of Vanacek because, I mean, we saw it last year. Every time Blackwood got in the net, this team overcompensated and played like shit in front of him. Oh, yeah. Goalies um, matter, definitely. But, you know, if you have a – it's funny because it's almost like it, it cuts – one way, and it's not really in in the favor of the goaltender. And, the, and by that I mean like a bad goalie is going to hurt you. And I think they did that with Blackwood. But you know, Shesterkin did not advance past the first round. Uh, Vasilevsky did not play for the Stanley Cup. You know, like this is so they they don't guarantee you uh, the win. No, um, it, either. You know, it's not it's not as even as a big impact as a as a quarterback on football. You know. What do you think, Bob? I'm done thinking, man. Fair <laughs> enough. Let's just go get them. Fair enough. Um, before we go any further, I just uh, got to do a little read here. We are now part of the Hockey Podcast Network, so you guys now can find us everywhere that you found us before, and now you can also find us on the Hockey Podcast Network. And the best place to go and look, place your bet, get a little skin in the action when you're betting on some games, and right now you can go to DraftKings, maybe check out Devil's Futures, maybe say, you know what, I like their over-under on points, or I think they're going to win the Metro, maybe even the Cup. You can go in now, still, even though hockey season hasn't started yet, and you can still get some bets in, get a little sweat in, new customers. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call one 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, uh, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. That's DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code THPN. Let's move on with some hockey. Good stuff. Yeah. How's that good for our first money. read, huh? Is that bad? I'm right? give you mad props for that. That's a lot right, of reading. Thank you very much. I, you know, that's very good. How about we just jump into another one? Well, yeah, why not? Yeah. Let's do it. Bang, bang. Like, bang, if bang. You, if you enjoy DraftKings, you're going to love this one. If you enjoy DraftKings, you're going to love Raycon wireless earbuds. Right, Dan? Oh, I do. Actually, I do love these. Now, you were down in Florida, and, yes. you know, did you get away from the family every once in a while, throw, throw your Raycons in, and kind of just meditate to some All good the time. music? And... I got pulled over in Georgia, and I'm listening to them instead of the cop, and he's like, you right. got to roll down your window, and, and it, it, they, they sound so good, I didn't really care, and yeah, I was just I, smiling the whole time, so they're amazing. So- See, because summer is about a state of mind, and mm-hmm. whether you want to listen to you know your favorite bands or the Uncle Puckers on repeat over and over, yep. you just need to retreat inside your own head, create your summer soundtrack by popping in your Raycon wireless earbuds. And right now, they are definitely the best way to listen. They have triple tap function. For the earbuds, the noise isolation, sound profile, awareness modes, have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit, because there's nothing worse. You're at the gym, you're on the treadmill, your earbuds are flopping out of your freaking ears. ears. Right. No, these fit, and they don't fall out. They start at half the price of the other premium audio earbuds, so you can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon right now. Listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Nice. I'm going to need him to help me with this podcast. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. You should get yourself a pair of Raycons. Maybe they can borrow them. I think dance. I'm going to do it. I think, I think the wired... The days of wired, uh, you know, earbuds are over. They're dangerous. I, yeah. I once got them caught, and I almost tripped and fell. And this is not the kind of thing I want in my life. That's I want the Raycon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you get old and we're clumsy and shit. Yes. Like, yeah, things just start falling apart as it as it goes. You don't need to add to it by tripping right. over wires. Absolutely. I, I want all the wires in my life gone. I'm cutting the cord. <laughs> so, Bob, you got some stuff about Sisterkin. What's going on? Yeah, so listen, I get the theme of this is just going to be uh, looking for inspiration, right? August, slow, we're trying to find some things. And I thought, there's no place better to go than our Twitter. Okay. Mm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call our, out a couple yeah. people here with some really X. great ideas. Our or X. X, X excuse right, you me. You know what? Fuck Let that. We're going to read. We're going to What do you mean, Twitter. our X Twitter? It's Twitter now. It, it's X. Oh, it's called X now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this guy's a maniac, right? He's crazy. It's an X-hole. The URL is still Twitter.com, but 
you know, I guess they're eventually going to change that. But yeah, it's X. Uh, okay. You know, right. I just found something out real quick about Elon Musk. It's just like, my ex. Yeah. Is he really an inventor or is he just a really rich dude that no. bought these companies? His parents own like like diamond mines or some shit. And, yeah, because uh, like he didn't buy, I thought he started Tesla. Like he fucking no, bought I think Tesla. The story really? I read was like the guy who did the inventing and forming of that company, he now like left because, you know, whatever, it didn't work out with him and Elon. And he runs that Lucid company, which I don't know how big that's going to get. Tesla's a huge company, and yeah. you know. But that but, uh, Lucid is a beautiful car. Yeah, I think it's like starting out with like the higher end models, kind of like Tesla did. Remember, they had like a nicer yeah. one. Yeah, the ones you like see a, on the road everywhere, they're not the like the sexier Teslas. Those are no, pretty the, much you know the the Lucid one. I think I, I'm not sure how many models there are. I, I think only a couple, uh, but I think yeah. they start at like 150. So you're you know you're paying for it. Yeah, it's a good chunk of change. Good chunk of change. All right, back to Sisterka. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just seeing this all over the internet. I don't know if it's real, but I don't see a reason why it wouldn't be real. And apparently the quote is, to play against, probably, right now, I'll name Hughes. And that's Igor Sisterkin on who the toughest player to play against is. Now I can see the legitimacy of it, because Hughes has been doing quite well against him. Owning yeah. him. Um, again, I'm, I haven't verified this, but it started to pop up everywhere. Uh, Ranger fans are saying, like, why would you say that? Devils fans are saying, of course you would say that. It's it's just props to Hughes. It's not a big deal. But, right. yeah, I was. Uh, it was cool to see that. Uh, I think that, you know, when Jack Hughes came out, we all know maybe it took an extra year than people thought. This guy's a bona fide superstar, right. just scratching the surface. And on the biggest stage like that against the biggest goalie, he has lit him up. Yeah, so absolutely. Fair statement. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't know why Ranger fans would get their panties in a bunch about that. You know, what's the you know, your goal? Your goalie was asked a legitimate question. He gave an honest answer. I mean, would you have gotten mad if he said Connor McDavid or no? no sure. You just McDavid got pissed. Was it was a division. fucking devil, right. right? Maybe he says it, but he sees Jack Hughes more, and yeah. then he saw him in the playoffs. So, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't me, know. You know he's the best goalie in the world. So. Scoring percentages, but it's high. I mean, he doesn't miss much on Shesterkin, and Shesterkin's an amazing goalie. That's just how good Hughes is. I was saying to the guys uh, when you were away, Dan. Like I was watching. I don't know if and if NHL Network put it out or if uh, the Devils, um, the Devils themselves put it out. But it was like a. A, a few minute clip of of all Jack's like highlight goals of this season. Oh, really? Okay. And I was shocked at how fucking many of them were against the Rangers. Like yeah. as I'm watching, I'm like, "Holy shit, dude! He owned them." Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you just forget that it was that many. Like he <laughs> constantly well, I scores think on the his Rangers. First season, he wanted to to be uh, most impactful against the Rangers. They, yes, I remember that came up as, as a question in the media early on, and you could tell there's an extra little edge on his game. When he plays the Rangers, he wants to dominate that team. And that's that's he is, good news for the double fans. He is a, a, a dude more than any other guy that we've drafted in the last, you know, five or six years that you could, like, within his second year. He's a yep. devil. Like, this dude is a devil. He's proud to be a devil. He loves living here. You know, there's always clips around him every weekend. He's out at the beaches and doing what. Did you yep. see the one with the volleyball uh, no, players? No, I did not. Did you guys see that? that? So he got a little bit of shit for this, which I think is bullshit. Leave the kid alone. He's 21 years old. So he was at, I don't know where it was, um, 
it was uh, probably a little bit north of us. Uh, a, a girls' volleyball tournament was going on, so he was in the middle of a huddle of, of all these girls oh, yeah. in the okay. volleyball tournament, and he's giving them like a, a you know an inspirational speech. Right. And Jack's just like you know I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, "Remember, winning, it's about your heart." It's not about your boobs or your boobs or your boobs or your boobs. He goes around the whole thing. It's about heart. And all the girls are laughing, whatever. Like, he's just being a 21-year-old kid surrounded by all these good-looking girls. He makes $8 million a year. Uh, Why shouldn't he act like that? You know, but people are like, oh, he's being disrespectful. He's not. He made a joke. Let's stop. Let's just stop and leave him alone. But... You know, he's going to be an amazing... He's going to have an amazing career. Uh, again, the only thing that worries me about Jack Hughes is just his size a little bit. And I know every year he'll get better, he'll bulk up, and he'll become more So of a much man. more durable last year than the yeah. year before. Incredibly. Yeah, you yeah. saw it. It was yeah, noticeable. He missed a total of four games, I think. Yeah, that and was it. That's, that's not bad, so... No, and if he can get that this year, or, 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 or all 82, I mean... Uh, right. Out of the new guys that are in, and I'm going to throw, like, Foot and Holt in there because they have a good chance of making this team. So is Graham Clark. So let's throw all three of them. Graham Clark, Nolan Foot, Alex Holtz, Tyler Toffoli, Timo Meyer. Who are you most excited to see this year? Of the newer guys that of we the picked newer up guys. between yeah. last season and this Who season. are you most excited to see? I, I oh. have to stay with Timo Meyer for a full year of a power right. forward of his size. Yeah. He just, man, he was such a big get last year, and now to have him locked up for a reasonable contract, considering what he was initially going for, this is going to be exciting. I mean, he had 40 split with two different teams. He's going to be on this offensive team. He could hit 50. Yeah. And I it's think that you saw maybe 30 40% of what Timo Meyer can do last year Agreed. for the Devils. You know, when you come – he wasn't just, you know, a trade. It was a trade from the other side of the country where he's played his whole life. This is a big change coming big to adjustment. this team. Yeah. New, you know, learning a new system, all of that. I, I mean, what do you have, 20 games in a regular season before the playoffs started? And then the right. playoffs came, and this team had no break whatsoever. I mean, they were just, they played more hockey a consecutive or every other night. Than, I mean, from like the last two, three weeks of the season right through the playoffs, he didn't get really even any practices. And then he was team. hurt after the first round. I mean, yeah. that, just, that destroyed his second round. Yeah, so, I, I, I mean, yeah, to be able to practice, have a preseason with these guys, and, and, and go Maybe into the regular Maybe a solid season. line mate. Probably not yeah. two, but well, at least one. <laughs> we still got Lindy, so we don't know how solid line mates are going to be. But I, I got your point there, because if he can gel with certain players, it's going to be a you know a totally different Timo. But I'm also excited about Toffoli, too. You yeah. know what I mean, that, yeah. that he looks very dynamic, and he looks like the kind of guy that this team really needs. So, I mean, that's uh, what we talked before. That's like the bonus pickup, right? That was the right. left field. Did not see that We coming. just put in another 27 goals or whatever it was. Yeah, that's very incredible. You guys think that – because I, I think Tyler Toffoli is going to play with Jack. I think that Timo is probably going to be playing up with Nico. And I really hope – and we know that Lindy has this penchant to – scramble his lines lines more than any other coach right. uh i really hope he doesn't fucking do that this much this year i really want to see especially the top six i want to yeah. see him grow together yes. i want to see solid consistent lines and i know that that's probably not going to happen um but i would think tyler playing with jack would be awesome and i just think with tyler to shot 
Jack Hughes doing what Jack Hughes can do and mm-hmm. getting him the puck from anywhere. And then you can sprinkle in Jesper Brad on that line, and you know right. that could be a freaking like, dynamic line. I gotta Sorry. believe that there's a natural progression to this as well, too. Even with Coach Ruff, that where Meyer came in late last year, you're trying him out, not really picking up fire the first two games. You only got another 15 games to go to get some rhythm going. You move him around. You do have other teams, but as this team grows together, I gotta think Ruff's gonna pull back a little more. Just. It's all going to you're, – you're learning who plays with who better. And I'm not against the way he shuffles lines most of the time. I think he's actually very good at seeing where there's energy missing, where one line's just hitting off, and some of the moves he makes really pays off. I'm against the ones that are instant, right? Here's the well, lineup. That's what I the feel like most in, of them are. In five minutes, they're split up. But otherwise, you know, I that, think it should evolve. I mean, when they were uh, – uh, I'm asking this because I don't – really remember but during the 13 game win streak was he juggling the lines as much as he was uh, during outside of that because I, I kind of feel like maybe he wasn't which would gain some credence, I'm sorry, starting which lines. would gain some credence to what you're saying that you know if they're doing well and you know he's not going to just pull the trigger for the sake of pulling the trigger which a lot of the times it seemed like last year like he was just yeah. we me and Dan had the ongoing joke that it was like a fucking boggle button from the game where he would yeah. just pop the button yeah, and you, see what lines are going on. You can out. argue that especially with those early changes but if you take a step back in retrospect and look at what happened in some of these games they weren't bonehead moves like there was a there was a process to it there was a reason to it they don't always work but you can't argue with the results at the end of the year whether you want to look at little micro spurts of the 13 game win streak or a six game win streak and all that or or look at it overall it worked out so i'm going to reserve my judgment you know what i mean because i just want to see less of it in the beginning because i do want lines to gel but in game Mid-game, I, I can just see it. I understand it. It's just tough as a fan because, um, well, you remember, like a really good winning percentage in hockey would be like 60%, which means that you're still losing 40%. Right. So if your coach is, is mixing it up a lot more than other coaches, you know, it, you're okay with it when you're winning, but you're still going to be those times when you're losing and you're like, but wait a second, we lost this game and you put your fingerprints on it. You juggled those lines and you didn't give them a chance. So, like, I, all season long, I always go back and forth with him. And I was very conscious and aware that, you know, you don't want to be that kind of guy who's, like, just a spoiled baby. Oh, my team lost. It was the coach's fault. He did something wrong. My team what? won. My coach is a genius. The truth is somewhere in between. The coach is doing what he has to do to achieve what you said, Bob. You're absolutely right. A good result at the end of the year. Well, let me pose this so. to you. Let me pose it to you this way. We were fantastic at not giving up on a game and coming back late in games and yes. winning those Very games. Very true. Very true. How much of that was just the will of simply the players or his mixing and matching of chemistry? I think it's impossible to say that that did not have a huge factor, even if it was some of the will of the players, because they know that the boggle switch is coming. You know what right. I mean? Like right. that was, And you'd have to ask them their individual motivations, probably in the moment, and, and hope you get honest answers. I think he definitely gets credit for this, and I'm just saying as a fan, it's some sometimes a little disconcerting. You know, it's a little easier when you're a fan watching, going, "Well, you know, the second line's not playing well. I think so and so needs to pick up his game." And I feel like I know what's going on, but when the coach is scrambling things, and he may be seeing things that we don't necessarily see, um, and you know, uh, it just gets disconcerting when they lose because it's like, "What is the coach doing? What's he doing out yeah, there?" Sure. And one of the things, like, last season, 
and he was doing it all the time and it was you know became a, a freaking joke you know but and I thought like okay he's just trying to find the right chemistry then we had that Tatar I think it was Tatar Heesher Mercer line mm-hmm. and they were playing great and he kept them together for like a week a week and a half and then all of a sudden they started getting split up now their performance didn't diminish they were still out there putting up the numbers why are you messing that lineup that's the thing that gets me like i get it jack's the best player on the team you can plug him in anywhere but think about like jack and timo or jack and tyler or just you know one of those guys and having a nice long 20 games yeah. together without changing them out. I don't care if you want to change out. I'm okay with changing out the other winger. You know, if you want to drop Mercer down and move Brad up or something. But I'm saying, like, Heischer Meyer to Foley Hughes. Like, those guys got to stay together. Holla Palat. Like, uh, that to me, like, keep them, keep that core two-thirds of the line together. And he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't mix them all up. Now, you know, Tatar then is now playing, uh, you know, with, with Palat on the third line, and he's got Mercer playing on the fourth line or wherever, and it's like, you know, they're just, I'm okay with you maybe moving a winger around here and there, but let the two main dudes, the two-thirds of the, strongest two-thirds of that line develop together. Because it, I think if you, the chemistry's there, and it hits, and it might not be Toffoli and Hughes, it might be Meyer and Hughes, and it, we might, it might take half a year to figure that out. And Lindy will have to do what he that has to do. That matters too, right? What what part of the season, right? You really want to see right. like a sissy come in maybe like the last third of the season. Um, it's That's probably, what you want to see, yes. You know, when you see those, those guys who can only really play with their their famous line mates, you wonder like, okay, if something happens, uh, can they still perform without, you know, because they, they don't really get a lot of experience playing with other guys. So and maybe I, there's an upside if, if they at least have some part of the season where they are, you know, subject to that rotation. Now I heard somebody talking, and I, I they were, had I, I don't remember where I, I I heard it, so it might have been another podcast. If I'm not giving credit to it, could I could have apologize. been voices in your head. I don't know. Um, it could very well be the peyote. <laughs> My question, though, they, they were saying like, is this a coaching style that is possibly has a a chance to kind of become a popular coaching style in the NHL hmm. now? Uh, when I heard the question, the first thing I thought is it, everything in the NHL, in any league that's a copycat league, it's all result-based. Right. So if it works, sure. You know, I mean, now you're seeing everybody trying, to, every contender trying to bulk up on their D because Vegas won with their big, strong defensemen. And how do you do, you know, so it's I get that. So if, like, the Devils go and win the Cup by Lindy boggling the fucking lines every week, uh, then, yeah, maybe that becomes a thing. But I don't ever see that being a, a a way. Now, part of, I think, our success was the fact that guys were, by the end of the year, very comfortable playing pretty much anywhere. Right. Yes. So, you know, if that is, if that is you know, maybe that's his end game. Maybe that's what he's looking for. I don't know. It's just like, Dan, you said, as a fan, it is so frustrating to watch. Yes, definitely. I, you know, but Bob made a good point. You can't argue with the results. No. Especially when you consider that Lindy was charged with handling a young team. Young teams with all the skill in the world, they can kind of crack. They go through those growing pains, and, and he, he guided them. And if this was part of his method, um, maybe it's for the best. You know, um, I probably it also leads to, like, a better team thing, you know, instead of two line mates, you know, they're always playing together. There's I think there's more opportunity for, like, Prima Donna kind of, you know, right. 
top athlete behavior when you know you're always on your toes because you don't know who you're going out there with next um that might maybe has a as a positive effect in that regard so you know i wouldn't be surprised though if like you said he changes his style a little bit because you know it was a very very young team and it's less young this year right. it's yeah. more experienced it's more ready for prime time so I wouldn't be surprised with all the experience that Lindy has. He doesn't change his style at least a little bit, and especially like down the home stretch, the last quarter or third of the season. Uh, we're gonna have to see. You know, I think when you look at anybody who's got any kind of remedial knowledge of hockey, looks at this team and looks at this lineup, and you know that you know they should be so freaking good. Yeah. Um, I think they have the potential to, you know, be the best team in the NHL, not just the Eastern Conference, but I I see this team possibly winning a President's Trophy. Do you also see a world, maybe this is just a contrarian in all of us, or at least in me, that, like, what if everything just goes off the fucking rails? What happens if they just shit the bed? I mean, anything's and possible. I know. And it's, that's, without injuries, that seems so unlikely. Yes. But it's not zero. That chance is not zero. It's definitely not zero. It, and it's also because, and the only reason I, I, I think I do feel this way is because it was just one year removed from an awful season. Yeah. So yes, it was riddled by injury and all that stuff. But then this year it clicked... And that's like, okay, this is the team. This is how they should play. This is what we were all expecting. And now it's here, and it's a little early, and that's great. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I need to see this for a second year to know that this is a really good team, ready for prime time all the time. Even great players go on scoring droughts. And you take one or two top players and put them a scoring drought around their neck, and this this looks like a team that's going to struggle to get to the playoffs. You know, it can happen just like that. Because don't forget, as stacked as the Devils look right now, you know, every team, and this is the top 32 we're at now, 32 yeah. teams in the world. <laughs> so they're all, there's no bad teams out there. Right. Yeah, just see, about, except for the Flyers, maybe. That's but, what I was uh, thinking. If you paste this back, you know, ask me in the late 90s, early 2000s, if we had a team of this caliber, I'd be way more comfortable saying they're going to sustain that. But in today's day and age, like, a lot of these teams are so close. I mean, it's, a few points here and there, it's, it's a totally different situation. I don't think we'd fall enough to not make the playoffs. But I am also, it's, there's that little bit of doubt in the back of your mind, sure. I will say that I think a huge part of this team's success this coming season is going to be the first third of the season. They have got to start hot. And you look at the 13-game win streak and the position that that put us in to be able to have a piss-poor December like we did and still just be completely comfortable in the, making the playoffs. I mean, yes, they yep. righted the ship in January, but... Took a lot of pressure not, off them, you know? I'm not Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying a 13-game winning streak is a necessity, but I'm saying you need to be one of the top teams out of the gate and play that way because after the All-Star break, like, you really want to be in a position where you know you're going to make those playoffs and you don't want to be that team like Florida last year or even Buffalo where, you know, you're playing your ass off for the last four or five weeks of the year before to even just get into the playoffs. It's not a position that is enviable for any team. And I don't just I, a clean, good start is what I want to see from this team. And we might not be doing a prediction show, but in the same vein of what you just said you're looking for, 
What do you think the chances are, and what would it take to get another Fire Lindy chant up from the, the at least the Anybody first three games? Yeah, I think we're, we're going to give him one more because <laughs> just to, you know, to refresh everybody's memory after the second loss in a row to open the season. All right, the let's, fans let's... at the home opener were chanting Fire Lindy, and we've talked about this before, but if anybody hasn't heard, we were kind of like, look. That obviously was premature. I understand where some fans are coming from. It's like let's get let's get better than this. Then we're looking at the past season. Sure. So you know, I but I do wonder. Like, look, there's there is a number. There has to be a number, right? How many losses will it take before I, we hear a fire Lindy chant? I think literally our levels? fans would do it in jest the first game. Like we lose a home opener, they're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And it'd be for funny though. I honestly don't think. Oh, and five. Maybe even though I said oh and one, like oh and five, sure, I, I it'll definitely come out for real. But I think almost no matter what, our first loss, they'll probably do it. Well, I mean, we open up against the Red Wings. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we play. Team. Then we play the Yotes. Mm-hmm. That should be a win. And we play the Panthers. That's going to be a tough one. And then the Islanders, and then the Canadians. Then the Capitals and Sabres and Wild. So let's stop there. That's October. If we go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. If we go 2 and 6, mm. I think maybe you get a Fire Lindy chant. And maybe you, you should Fire Lindy. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you think? Out of, the month of October, I think you've got to be better than 2 and 6 to get. Uh, <laughs> that would be a terrible month. Uh, but, better than two and six. Yeah, but I, I think Lindy keeps his job anything better than two and six. Yeah, three and three and five. It's like okay, well, this is pretty. You know, not the start we were looking for, but let's face it, one more game, we got a five hundred team, and we could right. take that. Yeah. But you're right, a two and six looks like a very lopsided. Twenty five percent of your games, you're, you're winning. Yeah, no especially good. if the wins are like the Coyotes and the Canadians, like two right. bad teams, you yep. know, and then and then you lose to each the rest of them. That might be, you know, what do you think, Bobby? I just when you read that schedule to me, I kind of got nervous just because I'm like, okay, you could reason we could lose opening day. Sure, I think we're better than the Red Wings. We should win that game, but you know, we can lose it. And then you go to Arizona. I don't think we can lose that game. I don't think there's any way we should lose that game. But right. then some of those other teams you brought up, they're not walks in the park. I mean, Florida, the Islanders. So it is very possible they could start off under 500. Well, the first three, the first three games three. are at home. All right? I think we beat the Red Wings. I think we beat the Coyotes. I think Florida is going to have, you know, half of their starters sure. out getting, you know, rehabbing surgeries. So you should win that. The Islanders are going to be tough. You should win that. You should beat the Canadians. You should beat the Capitals. Maybe the Sabers give you a rough time. Looks like an you, A and O. You're calling. You A&O. should be. You should be. You should be. Uh, uh, you should win most of them. You, you know, should be eight and O in October. It's crazy because when you look at this, you start talking about it, and you're giving your honest opinion. Anybody might well go, "Oh, like, yeah, it was just a bunch of homers." You know, eight and O. Come on, dude. But then when you really look at this team against the teams you just said, and yeah. give give the reasons why, you know. Barring any kind of craziness, you got to pick the Devils in all eight games. This is why it's so exciting to be a Devil fan right now. Yeah, it's not homerism to say I they could go see, the month of October as eight and zero. I know? can see yeah. a team like Buffalo though, like really yeah. charging up to playoffs. And I oh, bring yeah. this up because here's what's going to happen if we don't start off great. Not bad, just not great. We're going to hear all this bullshit. And I think you guys might even disagree with me on, on this 
about how the Devils can't sneak up on anybody anymore. Is it not going to surprise them like they did last year? And sure. I hate that. If an NHL team was seriously surprised by the Devils by mid-year, then they weren't paying attention, and none of them were doing that. Sure, maybe the first few games people were like, wow, they're really fast, but word got around the league. And they make it sound like there was no chance any other team was going to win until that season ended. They needed the season to end before they realized the Devils were good. See, I that's just take, bullshit. I that's didn't true. take it, it that, that way. way. I, didn't, I, I didn't take it that way when people say like they snuck up on people. I... I didn't take it the way you took it, which is probably the right way. To me, it was because, uh, like Matt Barzell said it after the first game the Islanders uh, Devils played last year, and the Devils, yep. you know, skated them into the ground. They won the game, and Barzell said we had no idea just how fast they are. Sure, now, can you see it? I get it. But but now the thing is, like when you sneak up on a play on teams, it could just be the fact that they can't skate with you. You know, right. it's not so much like they're shocked at how good they are. It's just we can't compete with that. Like that was, you know, I think a lot of these teams didn't expect. Yes, I get that. You know, they didn't expect the Devils to be that good, but it was. I think their speed was the one thing that just took them out of the game. Like they just, you. There's not a lot of teams that can literally hang with the Devils when it comes to speed. And I think that that was, and I, I mean, and their possess. I, I guess it's a little bit of both. Like you know. I think it's because they were the devils that people just kind of were like, eh, it's the devils. And, you know, you think of the devils of the last 10 years, and they're not scaring anybody. And then they get out there, and you're like, holy shit, this is a fucking really fast, really good, really skilled team. And uh, so, I mean, I guess guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I know, like, they, they... I guess you're right. Like, they're not going to... If you really didn't know what you were getting by the second time you played them... You you were Your logic does make You're, sense, but I know right. that every team has scouts that watch like the the, the game they're going to play next like several times in a row. Right. They got you know analytics up the ass. They got it all ready for them, but they're still. You watch NHL tonight when the season starts and they're doing their previews. I guarantee you, at least two different commentators on that or the radio show, whatever, are going to be like, "Well, the Devils aren't going to sneak up on anybody this year." No, so, you're right. You're right. You know. Yeah. The only thing right. I'll say is that, you know some of the players, especially maybe the more experienced ones who've been beaten the same team for so many years and they might have heard like oh Devils improved this year and they're like yeah 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 because that, they, they told me that last year and right so maybe that's kind of what Barzell was talking about like hey you know what I heard that they were faster but until I saw it I was like wow you know this is yeah see I get a guy like that he was probably yeah. in the room watching tape the day before and said yeah. yeah they're fast we get it and then he gets on the ice and you're like holy cow collectively right. this is faster than I could have imagined and, and, right. and the team and like the Islanders get, there's no answers when you're a team like the Islanders. There's no. really not, you know. I mean, they they the the only way to beat them is just play a super boring game. Trap them down. Fog Very up, trap positional. Yeah. Fog up the, the middle of the ice. Like the Islanders trap. All yeah, the trap well, they they them for years. They play it uh, yeah, they almost. They play it really good too. Yeah. Um, you know, they just don't get any offense, uh, but they do play the trap very good. But that's Lou. I mean, he's going to bring that wherever he's going. Um, yeah, but they have goaltending too. I just the, there's just not many teams like to me. That's why I keep going back to like Connor Hollebuck, and I'm like, this team allows like uh, I think that if you go Winnipeg had uh, last year. I'm trying to see real quick, so they allowed or gave up. Uh, I'm sorry, scored. On average, three goals a game. 
They were 21st. We were 4th. So Connor Hallbuck is going to get that much more sure. goal uh, uh, support. support. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, they were 10th at uh, goals against, all right, uh, Winnipeg. We were 8th. So it's kind of right there. They were 23rd in the power play. We were 13th. They were 6th in the PK. We were 4th. All those metrics, we were better than them. And mostly it's that puck support, that that goal support. Like, Connor Hullabuck is not going to have to do the shit that he did in Winnipeg every night. I mean, for a guy like that, he should have to lead the league in shutouts playing for this team. You know, for all intents and purposes with what he does. Like, to me, it's... And his winning percentage is going to go up like crazy. Yes. And And I know that they're so young and the window's only just opening and all that other bullshit. But why not go for a fucking cup now? Why not seriously throw everything out there and say, we want to win the cup right now. We feel like this team is good enough to do it. The only thing that we need is a fucking Hall of Famer goaltender. And you go and you put Hollabuck back there. I just think that's the move that sets this team up for this year that... Like nobody else, I would be surprised if we ever hear that you know they were totally not even trying on this. You know, oh, I think they were trying. I think they're trying, and Definitely I think they, they have not this option. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to keep that candle for hold that candle for him all season long, hoping that they can you know bring him in. Uh, obviously, it doesn't make sense to talk about it now, so that's probably why we're not hearing it. Um, but I also feel like they they make uh, a good point when they go, we're not concerned. With the goal, the goaltending we have going into next season, it's true, but it's yeah. also only technically true because I think they would totally agree with you and with us that if you can make that move, it, it would be uh, a very very good move as long as you can do it without hurting the team, as we all agree. Yeah, yeah. we've talked about it before. It's just that it's that touch better, right? Like in baseball, yes. it's wins against replacements. So you can there's a stat where it says this shortstop will literally get you four more wins this year than the average. Right. We don't have that in hockey, but you already know he's going to do that. You can yeah. put a number on that and just say, in general, this guy is that much better. Pencil him in for five more wins than your average devil goalie this year. Yeah. I mean, I you be could honest, easily though, say I, that. I feel like the biggest question mark for me is the defense, and it's not like I'm questioning how good they could be. I'm questioning, well, how good can they be? They, they could be amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've had massive changes on defense, and I think uh, pretty much all of them are for the better. Um, you know, Graves, uh, I, I liked him a lot, but everything else, all the subtraction to me has been addiction, uh, addition rather, not addiction. Um, and Got that Florida the, in them already. <laughs> that's right. And the uh, the new guys they brought in uh, and are coming up right now are just like scary good. So if this gels uh, as a working defense that you know every every pairing knows its role and they're successful. Uh, I mean, that's going to be more important than getting Connor Hallibuck. That's the way I feel. I feel like they, I they, think they go that, hand in hand. Well, then, you know, you have uh, an amazing team top to bottom. But I'm just saying that this defense could be upgraded more than the goaltending could Yes, from last year to this year. That's the only thing I'll say. I'm not saying that Connor Hellbuck's not going to be no, no, no. upgrade over Vanacek or Schmidt. What you're saying makes total sense because I agree. I think that our defense uh, is going to – and I do think it's going to take a, a little while. It's going to take 20 right. games or so till this, you know they figure it out. Now – if those 20 games of, you know, until you figure it out, who would you rather have back there, Connor Hallbuck or, you yeah. know, Vitek Vanacek while they're trying to figure it out. But 
I think Luke Hughes is a superstar. I mean, this kid is going to be so freaking good. And, and, you know, I know that I I was listening to Fitzgerald on the Spittin' Chicklets podcast, and he was talking about Simone Nemec. And, you know, he said, like, we don't need him up, but we really hope that he basically just gives us every reason to keep him up. Like, you know, essentially, like, come in and, and make sure, like, we're not, I'm not going back down there. And you make that. Now, if, we have those two young guys, which their trajectory is like superstardom, right? By the like, way, that was the case guys, with, with Hughes last year. They yeah. were not necessarily going to keep him into the playoffs. Right. They just and, He played so well, they're like, we can't right. send him back down. Right. So if you and, got another one of those coming up, wow. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, the guys that we already have, I just think, I mean, I think this defense can be so good that a guy like Siegenthaler can find himself healthy scratched a lot of nights because right. of just how deep and good this is. And Siegenthaler is a problem to have. very good defenseman. It is a fantastic problem to have. Um, it It's all just right there, and I'm just mm-hmm. impatient, and I want hockey to start. You know? Yeah. We, we I gotta, just want to see this team out on I the ice. I hate to say it, a couple months, really. I know. Well, I, got I, a, know. I got something that should make you feel a little better, too. Uh, from one of our followers on X, it's mm. Big Head Hockey. He posted this. Again, I did not check it, but I'm sure he's right. Um, All the players last year to score 40 or 40-plus goals and 150 hits. There were two. Alexander Ovechkin and Timo Meyer. No shit. How about that for company? I mean, because that is just two in that kind of power forward role. So that is pretty exciting. goes back to my thing about I just want to see Meyer all year. Same here. Same here. Dude, this, the top six can seriously be so scary. I, I don't know any team that's going to want to play them. Uh, it's just going to be so much freaking fun to watch. Yep, cannot wait. And on that note, I think we are going to – did Bobby got something else? You know, I just wanted to – again, I started off earlier saying inspiration through some of our social media. Sure. And there's a particular guy out there I want to mention in, in one of his posts. We're not going to steal his bit. I'm just going to run through what he said. Uh, just kind of food for thought. But it's the Brat Pack, if anyone's listening out there. Okay. I, I don't know the guy. I know a lot of fans have talked about this guy. This this guy is so good in social media. Like, I'm social media light for sure, right? Like, most of my stuff is family, friends, that kind of thing. And every now and then I try to say something clever or funny. And, you know, maybe one out of ten really sticks. Some people are really good. Right? This guy is really good. I, he's just a genius when it comes to it. I wanted to give him props. I'll give you one example and then the reason that I brought it up. Um, he, he put, there was a post about breaking news that the Red Wings have acquired uh, Jeff Petrie and 50% retained from the Montreal Canadiens, blah, blah, blah. And he just writes subtly, Red Wings fans, when Eiserman acquires a 35-year-old defenseman who scored five goals last year, and it's um, Larry whatever from Seinfeld, and he's just like jumping. Larry like, yeah, Larry David is just like losing his shit in like a meme about how right. excited they are. Right. And it just hits the mark. But what I saw today, it got me thinking. I just wanted to put it out there. He said... What would a baseball team look like if you took the Devils' current lineup and filled it in? So the Devils are playing baseball. So, again, I'm not going to steal his bit. I just want to run through what he said because I looked at it at a glance. I'm like, I get it. I get his lineup. And I thought it was a fun thing, and I wish we had thought about it because it would be fun to do. But he has Bratt at center field leading off. Okay. Keisher batting two at third base. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes shortstop batting third. Okay. Tim Meyer cleaning up and playing right field. All right. Dougie Hamilton playing first base. First. Mercer over at left. 
Toffoli or Palat as catchers. Okay. Luke Hughes playing second base, and he's got Vanacek pitching. Now, at a glance, I don't know how much I would change. And I just thought that was awesome. I'd love to just get involved with some of these comments on his thread here. But um, the guy's a beast out there. He's got like 17,000 followers. I can't even do justice enough of the things that he puts out in, in the Twitter world. It's just I like spot that. on and fun. Check there, him out. There was yeah. something that uh, before we wrap up tonight that my wife sent me today on uh, Facebook. And it was, it was pretty funny. So it's like a bunch of... Little kids, right? And they're being taped, and it's like, you know, they're like talking about like bad dad jokes. And the whole thing is like a PSA about dad jokes, and they're just not funny, you know? Right. And like the, the one kid's just sitting there, and he has his head down, and it's a woman interviewing, and she's like, So what did he say to you? You know? And he's like, He said, um, You know why you have to wear two pairs of socks when you play golf? And what'd you say? He said, in case you get a hole in one and the kid just like has his head down right yeah. like it's all sad and it's, it's like, like it's this, painful this, yes it's like a, there's like dramatic music behind it and the whole thing like dad jokes aren't funny and there were like three or four jokes of these all these different kids with their terrible dad jokes it was really funny but i was just oh, thinking nice. like who comes up with that shit because it's hysterical yeah, like yeah. i don't have i'm not clever enough nor do i have the time or the it's a talent even Put a video together. <laughs> with a zinger, and I, like five people saw it. I'm like, no, this I got to repost this. This was funny. Why did I not give up connection? Yeah. On that note, we are going to wrap it up. Um, we are going to have the four of us back for the next show, where we will yeah. definitely get back into the devil you know and a bunch of stuff that we haven't been able to do because we are all uh, going through our summer vacation times and stuff now. But we should be back now. We got a bunch of preseason stuff to do to roll in. Don't forget, guys, you can find us now on the Hockey Podcast Network, and you can find us everywhere else that you get your podcasts. So please download the show, give us some likes, subscribe, um, you know, tell a friend, whatever you got to do. Uh, for Dan and Bobby, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers, and we'll see you when we see you. Puck is out. Later. It's over. All right. Very.